Thanks for joining us again here on the Nitty Gritty of Real Estate podcast. Um, I am Heather Oliboni. I am the licensed executive assistant for the Tom J. Krieger team. And joining me is... Jill Paddock, and I am the buyer's agent for the Tom J. Kruger team. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about the current buyer's market in Tucson. Um, so you and I are actually both currently working with buyers in this market. And so we are running into a lot of super different things than a normal buyer is going through in a market. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that we have a limited inventory. Mm -hmm. And I believe the last time I checked, there was about a month to a month and a half worth of inventory here in Tucson. Um, So it means, you know, when you're going in as a buyer, you have to go in real aggressive and making sure that you're getting your buyer the home that they want. So let's start out with talking about a little bit of buyer fear, buyer exhaustion, and setting realistic expectations for a buyer in this market. So Jill, how do you normally do that? So one of the things that I'm noticing is, you know, first time home buyers, of course, are already a little bit nervous. Um, People who are purchasing when this is their like second or third home, they have a previous experience and oftentimes it doesn't match what's going on today. So the first thing I do is, you know, remind them that the market is moving fast and I do hear a lot of them coming, well, my friend says that things are going in 12 hours and things are going to be gone soon or I won't be able to get anything. That's not true. Um, Things are moving quickly. The frenzy is easing, but you still need to have a realistic expectation that it's going to go quick. So if you like the house, we need to move. Um, Then the other thing is just keeping them focused in on their priorities. You know, we've established priorities of what's the most important things to them and making sure that they don't. And that's my job is keeping them focused on, well, you said this was most important. Is that truly, or do we need to, you know, reassess our priorities? And I think keeping the focus on, again, your priorities and understanding that the market's moving quickly that's the key there right now. And price point, right? Our price, price point, point. Certain price points are flying a lot yes. faster than other price points. I know I'm dealing with that with my buyer right now. Um, being able to truly understand that like this is where they want to be comfortable in regards to price, but maybe what they want is a little bit of a higher price point or knowing we are co- going to be coming in and potentially being floated up to a higher price point and being able to make sure that they're going to be able to afford that and be comfortable with that affordability, correct? Correct. Um, looking at homes, you know, if you have a max price point of 300, I'm suggesting, you know, that's not what you need to be looking at. You need to be looking a little under that. Mm-hmm. Um, just so that way, if you do end up having to compete for the home and having to go above, you're not pushing your limits so far that you end up in an uncomfortable position, kind of like you said, with the the payments and price point. Absolutely. Or even potentially thinking of really hard on those wants and needs and which ones are do or die mm-hmm. versus which ones I can give a little bit. Or if I go lower, I may be able to build, like if they're looking for, say, a pool or they're looking mm-hmm. for an extra bedroom, if they go in a lower price point, they could eventually grow into something a little bit bigger. Right. Yep. I, you know, keying in on kind of like the top three, like these are the deal breakers. I have to have this. And then the, it would be nice, but it's not necessary. Keying in on the deal breaker things right now is the most important. And like you said, really being willing to um, kind of think a little outside the box and not ruling something out just because it doesn't have one item. When a lot of times, like you said, a pool, that can be added later. Um, A garage, that can be added later. So things like that. 
Awesome. And then when we're talking about realistic expectations with our buyers, when they are coming into a market like this, um, you know, are you letting your buyers know like, hey, there's a potential we're going to be coming in with you know, four or five other offers, there's that potential that you could lose this property and preparing them so that they um, can understand that you're, even though you're doing everything you can, there's still that that chance of losing out on the property. Absolutely. Um, being honest with them about their offer. Right now, I know you were dealing with it, um, buyer contingencies. Yes. Trying to go in on something with a buyer contingency is really difficult right now. Not impossible, but if I didn't tell them that, you know, that's going to be a tough sell, I'd be lying. Um, so, you know, working with what they can do, what they need to do, but also being upfront and honest about the expectation there. Um, and then, yes, like you said, competing with different offers. I've found um, a lot of people still come in with the, well, let's try it at this number and see what they say. And that's not the market we're in. The market we're in is what is your best offer? Because that's what you present first. You need to present an offer that if you lost out on the house, then you knew you gave it everything you had and, and you can move on. Um, but if you are kind of holding back or you're trying to, well, save a couple thousand or, um, but you'd really be willing to go higher, that can be tough because then if you lose the offer or you lose out on the house, then you kind of have that regret. Yeah. But I, I didn't really go in with everything I had the first time. When, when you're writing an offer, do you use that escalation clause? So um, an escalation clause, first of all, is it's basically you put in an offer at a certain price and then um, on line, or I'm sorry, on page eight of the contract, you would go ahead and put in that you would pay, say, $1,000 more than the highest net offer up to a purchase price of blank. Um, so I find those useful if we are competing or if we're going in first and um, and we know that they're not going to respond to offers for a day or, to, or two. Um, it just gives us that little bit of extra wiggle room. And then, you know, it's also important to write in there that if they do accept your offer, that the seller provides you the offer that you beat out. So that way, you know, like this is this is where they got the final purchase price from. And here's how we want it. Hey, everyone. We want to interrupt this episode to let you know that we are a Keller Williams Southern Arizona franchise. Also, we are licensed realtors practicing equal housing. Now, let's get you back to the podcast. So, yeah, you were talking about page eight, and that's specifically on our Arizona contract here. So this is, you know, Correct. I know there may be people looking outside of Arizona. Yes. Um, but so with those escalation clauses, that's where a buyer can say, I have this starting price point where I know we've discussed the comparables in the market are this. And we can start here knowing that we're maybe competing against um, maybe potential cash offers that come in or other super aggressives where they're going to be going up. And we can say potentially beat out the highest offer that comes in if our hire is higher than the other offer that comes in with that escalation clause, but also protecting our buyers by saying, hey, 
it may go for this price, but it could also go for this price and giving that little wiggle room in between. Then you're not just going all the way up to the top of their budget. You can maybe potentially fall somewhere in that mid range of their budget by using that escalation clause of a thousand or fifteen hundred mm-hmm. over net. Correct. Yes. And then of course, I mean, even though we use those, if it's if there's a gonna be a bit of a delayed response time or they're not responding until Sunday, um, that's also where I, you know, call and check in with the other agent um, once or twice just to see how we're looking, how things stand, um, and then we can adjust if need be. And knowing that even using escalations, which we've both done, and you Mm -hmm. can still potentially lose out on a property even though you're using that escalation clause because unfortunately in our market, cash is king. So someone comes in cash, no contingencies whatsoever, they will even win out if it's a lesser cost. Oftentimes, um, that is a concern. Um, And just again, so people realize when somebody comes in with a cash offer, just to refresh, you're removing that um, that financing contingency. Mm-hmm. So really the only thing the seller has to worry about at that point is repairs. And that's that's a big part of why cash wins out. Yep. And actually, let's lead into that a little bit. So we were talking about cash. And if you come in with cash, you lose that um, contingency in regards to um, getting that loan and your appraisal. Yep. And our appraisals are most of the time, what's the big issue that's been coming up, um, especially with the prices going up so quickly, um, having appraisals that are good and following with. Um, I know that, you know, you can have a secondary appraisal done. You know, there's Tidewater. There's so much that comes with appraisals. Um, So what is the difference between appraisal value and market value? So an appraiser is tied, they're locked in by a lot of different rules and restrictions as far as how they can value a home. Um, And because our market has been moving so quickly, when appraisers are looking at closed homes, they're not necessarily matching, you know, the offers that are being given even a month later. So there is a difference in appraisal value versus market value at times. Best way I've heard that explained is, you know, if you have this concert that you really want to go to, you snag the tickets and they're $150, okay, you got them, that's great. Then say two months later, right before you find out you can't go to that concert, you can sell them. Well, at that point, there's no other tickets, so people are willing to pay $200 a ticket. Is the ticket worth $200? Yeah, because that's what somebody's willing to pay. Uh, So that's kind of the difference. The appraisal would be like the $100, this is the value of it, but because there is limited inventory, uh, there's not as much availability, people are willing to pay more. So that's where you're looking at the market value. That's probably the best explanation that I've heard given. Okay, awesome. And and the thing with appraisals, and um, I wasn't licensed during the um, real estate crash. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, were you in the market? No, I wasn't. Okay, so we have, you know, we had all of these short sales. I came in right at the tail end of all the short sales when I got my real estate license and dealing with all of these short sales because the appraisers were a little bit more on the lax side, I believe. That's mm-hmm. kind of the way it worked. And it, it was causing the the home values versus the market value to be very different, which was then causing a lot of these short sales or REO homes. And as much as we don't 
want to agree to this. Your banks don't want to own your home. No. The banks don't want to own the home. They would rather you sell it so that they don't have to sell it. Um, so making sure that, you know, us as buyer's agents, that's our job is to make sure that our buyers are protected. Um, and that's what the appraiser's job is too. The appraiser's job is to one, ensure that the bank or whoever is lending you the financing is protected. Um, and um, as well as making sure that the value of the home is accurate. And so market value and appraised value should be about the same most times. They should be. Um, And again, it's because things have moved so quickly, I would say really over the summer months especially, it's just things were, there, there wasn't enough available. Prices, people were willing to pay more than, you know, the current appraised value. And so that drives prices up. Now that we've seen an ease and we've seen more things come on the market, I'm anticipating that will start to even out more and we will see a little bit less of appraisal shortfalls, but they're still possible. Um, And again, it's just because it didn't quite appraise doesn't mean it's not worth that. Mm -hmm. It just means that, you know, again, the appraisal value has not caught up with the current actual value. Absolutely. And with that, there is an appraisal shortfall Mm -hmm. that I know we can do in our Tucson contracts. I don't know about um, across the nation, but if your buyer really wants a home, they can say that they are willing to come in X amount over mm-hmm. uh, appraisal, which can make your offer just a little bit stronger too, because especially if the seller or the listing agent is is aware that there's the potential that that house wouldn't quite appraise for what they know it's worth, then they have that protection for their seller because the listing agent's job is to make sure that their seller gets the most money mm-hmm. for their house and the buyer's agent's job is to is to ensure their fiduciary to their buyer and getting mm-hmm. the best deal on a home. And so um, if you have more questions in regards to appraisals or market value or financing, make sure you're reaching out to your lender or a mortgage broker in your um in your area, um, or reach out to a real estate agent to really dig into these questions. You know, we have our experience, but everyone has a different experience in regards to that. We want to make sure you're getting the best information possible. And the information accurate to your market area. Absolutely. We actually can also connect you with over 4,000 agents across the nation. Um, We're part of Keller Williams. Um, So we actually have a connection with quite a few agents and we're also part of Tom Ferry. So if you are looking for an agent in your area and you want to reach out to us, you definitely can do that. Um, We'll make sure that there's some contact information um, in the description bar below for you guys as well. Yep. We can set you up with somebody in your area that's an expert on your market. Awesome. Thanks, Jill. Thanks. Hey, thank you for listening and watching the Nitty Gritty Podcast here with the Tom J. Krieger team. If you are thinking about buying a home, selling a home, or even investing in real estate, please reach out to us. We are local here in Tucson, Arizona, but we are also connected to over 4,000 agents across the US. So again, looking to buy, sell, or invest in your hometown, reach out to us and let us connect you.